This week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty, and joining me this evening is our regular camogie pundit, Adrian O'Sullivan. And I'm also delighted to have Cork Ladies coach James Masters on the show. James, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Huge game for Cork on Sunday the All Ireland senior semi final against reigning champions Dublin. It's at Crow Park as well. Yeah, massive game. I suppose um, the ladies, uh, ladies board have uh, come up trumps in the last two or three years to be fair, and they're really highlighting ladies football, and to have it in Crow Park now is um, massive. Really, it's um, you know it's massive for you know the likes of Galway and Mayo mm. as well. Um, I don't think Galway have played there in a long time, so um, it, it's massive really, and it's and it's a great step for ladies football that they're doing. Hopefully, it will continue that for number of years you know so we're delighted um, obviously playing against Dublin Park it is probably uh, quite where you want to be but obviously a massive test for us you know Dublin uh, the other champions isn't very good so uh, we'll be up against it you know Obviously your preparation is much the same going into games but in a week coming up to a huge game like this what's it like? Um, well yeah I suppose I suppose the difference this year is that we obviously had a good league where we yeah. started off poorly and we won the league and then we won the Munster Championship and then all of a sudden then there was kind of um, there was like three three games in three weeks you know and it was it was actually tough because you're trying to prepare for teams and you know you're trying to kind of maybe you know kind of get your tactics right and it's definitely a bit harder when it's a week on you know three weeks in a row but I suppose now we've had a break so I suppose we're able to look at Dublin more I suppose more than we were able to say against the likes of Tyrone let's say and, and it wasn't just respect to Tyrone it's just that literally played on the Saturday or Sunday the week before yeah. and then you've two training sessions where you're not really you know obviously going flat out you're, you're more recovery you're just trying to get everything tactically right you know but um, nice to have the break actually A surprise defeat to Armagh in the group stages, I think everyone thought once Cavan beat her mad that it was going to be Cavan and Cork going to reach the quarterfinals. Was it something that kind of brought you back down to earth? Because a lot of people expected Cork, you know, to basically uh, blow Armagh away. Yeah, like I personally would have huge respect for mm. football. Um, they do have probably, like, for me, the three best footballers in, in Ireland, you know, whether it be in the top ten or whatever. There's obviously a few Cork and Dublin girls or whatever. Mm. You do have the Mac and then... And, um, and Caroline O'Hanlon. So, and uh, when, when she was back, you know, that they didn't did click, you know. Um, it was a time for us in that. We kind of knew, practically, let's say, or whatever, that we had to lose by a certain amount of points. I think it was 40 or something. So... You know, I suppose like all the teams or whatever, you're trying to get the boat most of your panel, and we did bring in an off lot that day, and just things didn't let you walk yeah. over. No, I don't think Armagh or us knew themselves that they were through until after the final whistle. There was about five minutes afterwards, you know, so um, they were actually out themselves virtually. But um, but but from your from your question, I do think yeah, definitely we kind of um, you know, we probably as a whole group, as a management and players, mm. we kind of um, maybe took a 
there's a lot of things that are extremely hard. Like, you know, you're playing for games and it's very easy to get motivated for yeah. and finally get something. But when you know that you have to lose by 40 points, very hard then you're starting off the game and things aren't going as well. And it's very hard to get it back, you know. And I, I've seen teams in the past, it was even the greatest teams, yeah. unfortunately, you know. But um, we just didn't claw back in time and everything was quite right. Yeah. So but the only thing we bumped back from that and like we, we beat it, uh, for, for me, a very good Tyrone team. I was going to say that, yeah. You know, you're very impressive. I've seen some of the game Longford were playing beforehand in the minor final. You mentioned yeah. the league final. The league semi-final for me was probably one of the best games of football this year against Dublin. It went extra time. Fantastic game of football between yourselves and Dublin. Yeah, a great game for us. Um, and I think a great game just because beating them, I think, in the latter stage of the league, mm. don't get me wrong, they were still missing players, but we have an awful lot of young players, you know, that maybe have tasted beating Dublin in a, in a proper game and it was, it was a big game for us really, you know. We were delighted with that actually because I suppose we, we had new players um, compared to last year. I suppose we felt we had kind of a stronger panel and we had to use them all as well, you know what I mean? And the likes of Darren and Kira and them from Morn Abbey were coming back at the yeah. end as well. So every, everything went well for us, I suppose. And um, that was definitely a cracker of a game. So I, I can still remember it was, uh, it was a really hot day as well. And like, don't get me wrong, Dublin were trying to win this game as well. With Armagh, we were trying to win the Armagh game. There was no such thing as, as going out to, you know, just to perform. But yeah. We want to win every game, you know. And, but as I said, it, that was a nice that was a nice game. The Galway game was a bit different. The Dublin game was definitely a cracker, you know. Most people would know you from your time with Cork footballers and obviously the great Nemo Rangers. How did you get involved with the Cork ladies? I suppose they finished football back in 2015. Um, I had a few hip problems and uh, kind of the last maybe year and a half, two years of my football career with Nemo. Uh, we got to the Munster Club final, we lost at Clamell Commercials, but that year I, I was getting a lot of injections into my hips. Um, every three months it was just coming at me constantly and it was just was even hard to train at the time so I finished up and basically I think she was approached um, about the Cork ladies and um, she just asked me to get involved as a selector but I think within a week I was kind of um, started coaching and kind of learned from there really you know um, I suppose the one positive factor one good factor was that like we had an awful lot of like the, the you know Breach Carfrey's Renas yeah. around here and Duran and all them that have been there I was kind of learning as I went on you know but it was definitely a quick transition from playing to actually coaching you know And but as I said it, this is my fourth year they're a great bunch of girls you know they're driven and it's just I suppose given the right direction and they'll, 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 they'll do it all day long you know what I mean you mentioned about going in there and doing the coaching side to that. You're also involved with the Cork Miners. Is there something that you want to do, go into management? I know you were kind of in as a selector first and then obviously then became a coach, but kind of getting that taste now for us. It's, it's something that I, I really don't know. Mm. I, I, um, I don't know. It, they're, they're, uh, at the moment, there's an awful lot involved. Mm. Bobby O'Dwyer is the Cork Miner manager. I suppose I've been in contact with him for the last two years and basically he asked me to get involved and it was only kind of a, a, a personal favour to him really mm. Bobby and Ali and James and all them they, and a billion and they've, they've all they've done a massive work there I'm only just involved with but it's definitely time for something and trying in I suppose my occupation as a guard it's shifting and trying to find time for everything and to be the baby as well it, it's a bit hard uh, to, to answer your question I really don't know 
probably something I'll, I'll have to think about um, and kind of maybe sit back maybe after this year and look at because this year is definitely the, the kind of the, the busiest time because next week we're into an honour semi-final with the girls and then the week after then is the honour minor final uh, so it's a great time to be involved but it's just it's just hectic at the moment you know so I'm just kind of looking forward to a break afterwards but obviously you know relishing the next yeah. you know See, for a lot of people, they kind of would move into their club. They wouldn't have two county teams at the same time, you know, unless you're kind of further on in your career, because you're still very young. Yeah, well, I'm only 37, actually, so people think I'm a bit older. And I posted up a bloody picture on Instagram the other day about my sister's farting. They were saying, happy farting, so people think I'm older. But, um, yeah, See I how dodgy that. hips. That's, that's exactly it, yeah. I suppose I was lucky enough to get involved. Like, Evie had managed me with Nemo, and mm. was a great manager for me, to be honest. But, you know, he really brought out the best of me. I helped him out, and it was more to do with helping him out. Like, mm. You know, and, and like I'm not taking this the wrong way, but I wouldn't be in it for the prestige and stuff like that. You know, I kind of just enjoy it that you know we go to a training pitch and we might do certain things, and then they come off in the game, and that's probably the coaching aspect, aspect really yeah. for me. You know, um, I haven't been able to do a whole lot with the minors, but you know, anything I do do, if I do see it or whatever, it's great. But um, like we have thirty ridiculously talented and driven uh, girls and it's it, it, you know I find and from talking to other people it's actually an awful lot easier coaching or managing an inter-county team like I've spoken to people that are really good coaches and they might train a county team and mm. you've got five and six out training and it's, it's, it's demoralising you know yeah. being pulled and dragged left right centre so at least I know going onto a pitch on Wednesday night that we have you know we have like 28 training or whatever it is and that's massive you know what I mean so we'll just wait and see but uh, as I said we're just looking forward to maybe hopefully if we win on Sunday with the ladies we're out in the other and final on the 15th and then we'll see after that you know but um, that's just basis mode. Yeah exactly um, you had many it's a good day in a Cork jersey while you played it's different obviously you're not playing anymore but coaching you know you're involved with your own county Yeah um I would really, yeah. I just think it's the, the coaching aspect is, is the big thing really in that you're, um, like, I suppose it just depends on how much you're into it and, like, you know, let's say, for example, I might take a girl kicking points or whatever the case may be from certain angles and, you know, going into this, I suppose the smaller details of it, if I, if I know a player gets an awful lot of balls in a certain position, she kicks the ball up the band, we're practicing, a, you know, in a match time, then I go, she may not know it and whatever but kind of those small things that, that I enjoy you know and now we're talking about there's still nerves there yeah. even Saturday and with the minors and stuff so that you, you would be extremely nervous but um, uh, but uh, um, the only thing is that uh, it's a bit easier unless you're not playing that's the only thing but you, you still have to be with it mm. there's subs to be made and like they've given their life for football too and they all have to be treated right as well you know what I mean so there is an awful lot in it like there's like what I say to people there's an awful lot more in coaching than playing because in playing you're turning up maybe 10 to 15 you know maybe yes four training coaching you be an hour you know I remember years ago when I worked in Cork and I spoke to you when you used to tell me about Colin Calkery and you watched Colin and when he was at Nemo and obviously he helped you out so it's great that the girls have someone like you that want to go for advice yeah yeah like I would be anywhere near Colin Calkery's standard Unfortunately, but I like. Jez, you're, you're, you're a mean free taker now, I have to say. Do you know? Yeah, not bad, but not compared to him, to be fair. Like, I don't Modest. think anyone was. Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone was, but, but I suppose it probably does help the fact that, you know, let's like, say I did play, and maybe then, you know, certain things then, like, and it might be very small things, and mm. like, 
you know, we've girls like we've girls like here in Sullivan, like you know, and Melissa Duggan, who are probably the best footballers in Ireland. Oh. And Tiana, but I can't really teach them anything because they're just gifted mm. individuals, you know. But there might be other players then that you might be able to work on a small bit more, you know. But look, everyone's there to be to, to be taught. So what I find is that if you just give them the time and they appreciate that, and I think that's um, that's what I love about coaching. That's probably why maybe management wouldn't be for me. You know what I mean? That um, you know, as I said, um, it's kind of the coaching aspect, which which is which is, and and, and any coach that enjoys is be the exact same. It's just um, it's just seeing stuff that you work on is is working out, and obviously something that you work on that doesn't work out, unfortunately. That's it. And see, a lot of people actually don't realise the difference between a manager and a coach. When you're on the sideline with Efi, like what kind of role would you have? Yeah, well, I used to be you know, to be the runner, let's say, for 2016, 2017, and then before you got old. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I actually don't think I'd be able to run in now. So, um, but Kevin Tatton, he's I'd say doing a lot of the coaching now as well. To be fair to him, he's um, he's on the running now, but I'm up in the stand, and I suppose what we're looking at really is just. Um, like it is hard like with the minors I'm up in the kind of stats box and you know we're linking up and mm. you know seeing how things are going and stuff it's amazing how much you can see from further on up isn't there because I would notice a lot of I things from press box yeah I, I, yeah I'd much prefer it um, I, I just find down at the sideline at times uh, I just can't you know so normally I might spend the first half uh, up and then come down to easy or whatever um, sometimes I stay up for the whole lot, you know, because you can see the structure of the kickouts, you can see the structure of the play, and that's what I look at. It is important, you know, because, you know, there could be one girl fatiguing or whatever, and she could be a cause of a goal then, so it, it is really important, you know. But uh, but there's definitely a big, like, you know, Evie's a great manager in that he let other people coach and he let other people, you know, but, you know, you do see, unfortunately, let's say, the other teams or whatever like that the manager wants to do everything and you know he's, he's a manager he's a coach he's everything you know I think that's the sign of the manager and that you know, he allows other people to do specific roles you know that um, that he might find is very good or whatever you know, he, you know so um, would it be someone as well that would value your opinion if you said something to him yeah to be fair really, he has regards coaching gives uh, me and Kevin full reign mm. that's uh, great but, like as I said oh, he probably did um, a lot of the coaching to those in 16-17 and then maybe not as much in the last two years as regards what kind of divided out and stuff like that and I've learned as well as a coach like because it's impossible to absolutely everything yeah. on your own you know um, but but I will say if he gives me free reign as regards like whatever I want to do with training or, and then obviously then you know he does value my opinion but like the, the, I suppose we do have our battles like everyone else like in that he has his opinion of mine and but we not we always kind of come to some sort of agreement or if both I think there's probably nothing worse than being in a management structure and the manager has full say my way or the highway and if he knows and I know I would know we would not phrase in that way level and if he would be the exact same like we, we all we have the five sectors we all have a vote and if he's always of the opinion you know that he has a vote and you know if he loses out or if I lose out then that's it you know but um so I think that's a good thing, you know, because if it was a situation where a manager wants to do absolutely everything, it's very hard then. You've played under a lot of very good managers and coaches at club and county level. 
Is there things that you learn from them that you try to bring into the Cork ladies or the minors? One of the other coaches, Kevin, you pick up an off mm. from him. He's from a kind of a, a, a soccer background, you know, and then you obviously look at them when I was with Nemo and stuff like that, you know. Um, I'm not saying always the best way, but, yeah. you know, obviously... I think it's important that, you know, to manage the players right, really, and, and have respect for all them. Like, all our girls don't get minus, you know, don't get anything. Yeah. Um, they get their food or whatever, and then, you know, they're travelling massive distance, some of them, and then, you know, it's just very important that we understand that it is an amateur sport. They do get nothing because I think, you know, some people can, you know, they, some people kind of, you know, oh, you should be doing this, you should that. Sometimes it's extremely hard, you know what I mean? So, um, you girls actually in there as well, dual stars, you know, we don't really see many of them in the men's game, but in the, yeah. the ladies' game, we do see that. Luckily, you don't have clashes, but when you did have clashes, it must be hard for the likes of, say, Hannah Looney, you know, playing at a top level in both her football and camogie. Yeah, I, I suppose Ethan and Paddy had had that agreement, you know, which is very hard because they, you know it's one eight a week each, and that's the way we operate it really. Um, and even before Tyrone, we trained them Tuesday, and we didn't have them on the Thursday, and that's two, two, three days. That was two days mm. before Champions. It is very hard on the the, the girls as best they can. You know, they're 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 not teamers. So we'll then they're not teamers to be, but yes, just to learn. You know, I suppose um, getting their games and stuff like that. But but you know what? It's their decision at the end of the day, and they want to do it. Yeah. Um, we can only accommodate them best we can, and the, I suppose the best thing is that over the last maybe year or so, there hasn't been clashes. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it'll get a bit better because there's definitely when the pictures come out in the start here, there's always clashes, but they kind of seem to be able to rectify it, you know. But um, but yeah, look at it, like as I said, and Amelia and Hannah and Libby are doing together because they're still performing at both levels, which is, yeah. which is incredible for them, you know. And as I said, as long as we're involved, there'll be absolutely no issue which do start to be honest but we don't encourage it you know How do you find being involved with a, a ladies team compared to a, a lads team? Yeah I suppose see, I, I suppose for me I came from playing to mm. the ladies management team Yeah yeah, you've never eat, yeah. a bit younger but um, like you know I suppose you hear different things and that girls are more committed and kind of boys then maybe take instruction better and stuff to be honest, I must say our girls are extremely good. Now I I don't know what other teams are like mm. and stuff like that, but um, like don't get me wrong, they will one hundred percent with the college team on Wednesday, and they will be one hundred percent disappointment. They'll be shakes of the head or whatever. Yeah. But you know what? That's normal. And like if they weren't doing that, then the club. Or even about four years, I can honestly say I've never had an argument with any of the girls. Uh, but I think. That's something to maybe that they have respect for me, hopefully, and I complete respect for them. And I suppose um, they know as well that, you know, I say from three or four years, I say myself, Nisi have never taken, you know, um, petrol money or anything like that. And they know we're only doing it just for just for for them, really, in development of them rather than anything. No, you know, you know, you do hear of. You're after saying that. And to me, if I was a player, if I knew that, I would want to give not just 100%, I'd want to give 110% because I'm sure the players appreciate that you're giving up your time and your effort and doing it for nothing, doing it for the love of the game, the love of your county and, you know, for the players. Yeah, I, I suppose what, what we do is, I suppose, we've always kind of had the motto, if the girls get nothing, we don't get anything. And, uh, and that's just 
mm. the only thing from, from my job is that there is definitely times that I, you know, that I have to take things off to go train and stuff, and I was fortunate. But as I said, look, um, until the day that they, they get Patrick Spencer's, we, we, we'll wait and see, and hopefully that day will come soon. But um, but as I said, I got involved just as a, as a person's favourite EC, and you know, kind of, I know I don't know how long. I'll be doing it for, but uh, as I said, that definitely the four years that I've been involved has been very enjoyable. And uh, no, don't get me wrong, there has been up yeah. like our first year we won the All Ireland, and it was great. And then we lost to Mayo in the semi final last year, yeah. The, yeah, and that was you know that was kind of heartbreaking enough to be honest. And then last year, then the All Ireland final. So, but but the only thing I will say, if we are involved or not involved next year, like the core team is on the on the twenty, mm. you know, you have. Um, you have great players there and once you have the likes of Kira involved in Darren and Melissa and a few others like then they're not going far. Cork in recent years have been the leading ladies in terms of All Ireland success and it must be hard actually to keep that going, you know, to keep that hunger for success. So it's not just about winning now, it's about having the players that can come on in the future. Yeah, I suppose that's what um that's what I suppose Easy did last year. Um, more so maybe like last year was probably or maybe our slackest year mm. as regards personnel wise you know um, I suppose a lot of the big ones had gone there was a few retirements and um, there's a few injuries and a few of them went away Neve Cotter was in Canada and we brought on a lot of the girls like let's yeah. say Emer and Derek Kylie um, and stuff like that and they kind of have developed massively yeah. so it kind of like the Emer kind of came in and nailed down a place and then Neil Cotter came back and all of a sudden then there was kind of um, we just kind of like even trying to pick a team for Sunday or sorry for, for Sunday it, it's extremely hard because the forward line there's Saoirse Noonan there's Dearn O'Sullivan maybe mm-hmm. Coppinger uh, Scally there, there's massive forwards there and unfortunately they're only big six you know but um but that's the one thing I suppose Easy has done. He's brought in girls like we have, just in you know, like the Laura Manny this year, Guy O'Leary, these ones that were minor the last year or two, um, and basically like they're developing massively. Like I actually saw a picture of the Cork minor team that won the other two years ago, and I think Emer Kiley or Dara was in the background, and they were skin and bone, you know. And now like they're they're serious athletes, like you know what I mean. And and I suppose that's important. And like next year again, there'll be another one or two that will develop more, and then uh, so on, so on. But it is definitely important to give them exposure, and they, a lot of them would have played league games, but probably maybe not ready fully yet to. To, to kind of um, to make the step up again, especially with Dublin. Like you know, maybe you could get away with it certain teams, but uh, yeah. Dublin, like they'll swallow you up if they get you in your gas at all because they're really physically conditioned girls. You know. Since 2016, have you noticed a change? Just even with players, strength and conditioning, training, eating methods. I'd say there's probably been a, a great change on how the game is approached now. Yeah. It, it massive like I, I won't fool you by saying it hasn't uh, it has I would imagine that a lot of the girls pre-2016 would have probably done their own thing would have probably played with their trained with their club um, on a Tuesday and trained with us on a Wednesday and trained with the club on the Thursday and basically 
very little gym sessions mm. unless they did their own gym and that's not being disrespectful to any of the girls previous but but now it's it's and and you know it's to do with like now obviously Dublin are setting the bar and it's kind of I suppose it really is joining them or just basically letting them take over really to be honest about it and I, I think that's kind of like the men's as well yeah. in that um you're, you're, you're like we, we met in October this year didn't go back till January but we met as a management and we kind of said right lads you know what are we going to do here like you know and we spoke to the girls we had a players meeting said we'll see back in January you know but this is what is expected mm-hmm. you know and um, it's full on you know and I, I, I won't lie it really is and it, it's um it's becoming I would imagine harder and harder and maybe unsustainable no, no, I don't know, but unless you're a teacher in college, like, yeah. it's definitely um, uh, different because I can imagine what those Dublin girls are doing and they're setting the standard, which is great, but um, as I said, you know, you can leave them at it or else just have to join them and the only way to join them is do exactly what they're doing, if not more, you know what I mean? You know, so, and I think we have this year and the girls have been a massive commitment and I think next Sunday was going to be an absolute cracker of a game you know because as, as far as I'm concerned they are the best team in the country yeah. they're all our champions um, but we're coming up there obviously to win and they are as well like Nick will have them primed and we'll be primed as well so I'd imagine it, it could be a cracker you know The thing about it is Dublin and Cork in recent years uh, there's been a great rivalry there and the fact is that they're going for three in a row so Cork would love nothing better than to stop that Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, it, like that. No, to be honest, but we haven't spoken about that really. Yeah. Um, I think what we're doing is trying to obviously we're, we're getting our tactics right, hoping to get our tactics right, and then we're um, we're looking at ourselves then as well. You know, um, I don't think that would be mentioned. To be honest, but yeah. no, don't get me wrong. Dublin have a massive chance because you know they are a phenomenally good team. Like you look through from one to fifteen, they're unbelievably talented. You know, but. Um, but like we're not going up there really to try to stop them. We're more trying to obviously we give them massive respect because they are brilliant players. But you know we're just going up to I suppose perform ourselves and then hopefully if we can perform the way we can, then you know then it will be a close game, you know, or, or come away with the win. You know. The thing about it is every manager, every coach always says that. Don't worry about the opposition. Yeah, you'll probably have a look around at matchups and that. But it's all about focusing on your performance because if you don't get your performance right then you may forget about it. I think everyone's kind of looking at your game the whole time and forgetting about the other semi-final, Mayo and Galway. So that's going to be an intriguing semi-final. Yeah, massive. Um, like, like Peter, I suppose, has, has lost a number of players mm. over the last two seasons and it's been well documented. But to be fair to him, he has um, he has brought his own style to it. Yeah. Um, like Galway have this, uh, I suppose, work ethic and system that is very hard to break down, and um, we definitely had to work an awful lot on it. And like as you said there, you you know you say about coaches concentrating on your own game, that's fine to an extent. But like I think if you were to just concentrate your own game and play the likes of Dublin or um, let's say Galway or whatever it is um, then you know then you will be beaten like you, you have to respect the opposition and what they play like as well now Galway as I said um, Galway I would imagine are favourites going into it um, but like there's definitely a bit of a fight about Mayo and you know you just don't know when it comes down to it you know that um, like it just it all depends like Crow Park brings its own 
I suppose, nerve being mm. people out of their shells and inside their shells. And we, we know that. We know that from, from every age group. Like, you know, there's always going to be one or two that might kind of, you know, kind of um, get nervous and stuff like that. But I, I do think it'll actually be a cracker to Gannis, but because, like, like Galway, definitely our favourites but Mayo have lovely footballs as we know like sure they're forward line they, they, um, they get on maybe any forward yeah. line in the country so some of the players you know Isn't it great though to see we're talking about ladies football some of the top footballers are going to be on show on Sunday in Crow Park Yeah 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 um, like you can go through it you know you've Sarah Rowe you've Claire O'Sullivan you know you've, you've got Lindsay Davey, Jesus, like you could look at the six, <laughs> you know, Cork forwards and six double forwards, and yeah. they are household names, no matter what anyone says. If you're any way into ladies football or football in general, like, you know, you will look at, you look at Bernard Brogan or whatever, but yeah. like, you have Sinead Hearn and all these people, but they're just as prestigious in the ladies, yes. you know what I mean? So, um, so, and that's the thing, you know, we're facing up a challenge, but having said that, we still have you know, we still have massive players, you know, you've all the fins and all these people in the world, you know, which is great. Like but that's the beauty about if they, if people do go, you know, you will see I would imagine uh, two very good games, you know what I mean? No I know I don't know will they be high scoring games to be honest, but but the the I suppose the only there's not not There'll be battles, won't there really? That, that's it, yeah, like especially like, you know, you'd hope if they can get the crowd there, that'll up the ante a small bit, you know what I mean? I know in the Holland final last year, I watched it only the other day, and like, Jesus, it was, oh, it was end-to-end stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there was, there's, and there's nothing worse though, you were on about the crowd, James, there's nothing worse than playing in Crow Park with not a great crowd, and the fact that, yeah. you know, you're going to have four very good teams, and the ladies are trialling this out, it's now on Sunday, is a big test for the association. It is very much so. Um, it is, and like it, it, it comes down to advertising and gets and getting people out. And obviously, obviously they want to break records and stuff like that. But definitely, it is extremely hard to um, to try to get the crowds out. And the problem is, like you know, you I think you were at the game, the the Longford game, right, you know, minors, yeah. and then the the, the our game afterwards. But there was actually a nice crowd there because the it was kind of compact. Yes, yeah, you know, smaller grounds, yeah. You know, yeah, but Crow Park would probably have maybe ten times more than they had in in, in Longford or whatever. But um, but the problem there is that it's just um, it's just it's such a big stadium. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. really would need a massive crowd there to uh, to to fill the place, you know. And um, and I suppose that's the difference. Like I'm with the minors, and you know we will be playing in the all the final, and towards the end of that game, you know there will be you know there will be eighty thousand yes. you know, coming into the ground close by it you know but like it, it's the association really trying to trying to push that on and hopefully they, they can now as I said I think was it 52,000 last year or something like that yeah. like that's for a final like like for us semi-finals there's be one but I'm not sure will the same amount of people travel up for a for a semi-final to be honest about it but, but you'd be hoping that you know that there'll be a good enough crowd anyway you know you missed out on playing in Crow Park in a senior All Ireland final. You know when you were involved last year, and then obviously when Cork won in 2016, were you delighted to be you know finally there and getting getting your chance for success in Croker? Yeah, um, like yeah, I suppose we lost last year, and I, I was with the minors two weeks ago, and we beat Mayo. But you know, Cork football need that at the moment. Yes, uh, and I, I was the captain of the last minor team that won the All Ireland actually in, in two thousand. You know, so it's kind of a nice feeling that way as well. It's kind of bringing back memories. I think Bobby actually alluded to it. Our minor manager, we had a kind of um, I suppose uh, a meeting with the the the, the 
play, the the parents of the players. Yeah. Um, uh, and he basically kind of like was just introduced me. He said, "Look, funny enough, he said this is the last person that won, la- you know, a captain, you know." So um, so it's great. Like, no, don't get me wrong, uh, Galway are a serious football team, mm. but uh, we'll see. But it's it, you not. Know it's just great being co Park with a Cork team, with two Cork teams, yeah. really. and um. You know, it's just that, uh, let's hope, you know, we kind of, uh, we come to the right side of it, you know, because in both teams, there's massive, um, massive work being done. But, but look, Dublin are the same and Galway Miners are the same, you know, it's just, uh, it's just go up there and enjoy it and just try to come away with a victory, really, you know. Say you probably bring the same approach into your coaching that you done when you went into football, because for you, you know, you're focused, yeah, on your game, but you're all, you're always on about, you know, enjoying it as well. Yeah, we we have and actually both setups. Um, it's extremely enjoyable. Mm. Um, like we had, um, I suppose we have a few new additions this year from the ladies. You know, Paddy O'Shea, who's been the Cork sub goalkeeper in 2010 when they won the other and has come in. We've Barry Corkery too, who's a sports psychologist, and Anne McKernan, who's a doctor. And we've we've um, we've um, Mike Tuig from um, from Moran Abbey. And I suppose they've come in and like um you know, it's it's to be honest, it's 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 great going training every Wednesday and Friday and Sunday. Mm. We have absolutely great crack, we have our management group and you know, we really enjoy it, you know what I mean? And I suppose we've had a few nights out as well together and I think that's the most important thing really. Like, you know, as I said, we're all doing it for nothing. Um, and I've no issue whatsoever with that. And you know, the county board are very good to us in that. You know, the food and you know everything like that for the players and stuff like that. But um, but just from like we definitely have a great time kind of like mm. doing it. And, and we wouldn't be doing it otherwise, you know. What I mean? Yeah. Because it's grand to be able to go, but if you're not enjoying going out to training every yeah. week, like at the moment for me, like we train in the same place CIT uh, so like on Wednesday coming we train with the miners at half five so I'm there at half five I do very little I want to help them out I could even bring a water onto the pitch or whatever just help Bobby in any way he can and the lads and then onto the ladies then at seven o'clock so like you know um, it's 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 a kind of a half five to maybe nine o'clock kind of thing at the moment you know so uh, but look there's not long left in that and just to enjoy it you know being there and Bobby always says you know isn't it great to be able to actually be in contact this time of year you know what I mean which is great you know for them you know Also this weekend is the All-Ireland Junior Championship semi-finals Antrim take on Louth and Fermanagh take on London we set out with a county team, the latter stages of the All-Ireland, that's what it's all about. The next two weeks are going to be huge for you, but we wish you every success with the Cork Ladies, first of all, and then obviously with the Cork Miners. Um, thank you so much. How's the head, by the way, Sully? <laughs> it's not too bad, though. We were out throwing the sorrows yesterday. Uh, no, the neighbours are after taking our crown office, so not too happy, for sure. Myself and Sean all thought you were jumping on the bandwagon. And the tip bandwagon. Yeah, she's no. The only way if you jump on that, nobody drives it over the edge of the cliff. <laughs> no fear of that. I know we don't begrudge them. Look, they were the they were the standout team in the Munster Championship and one defeat. Blip, yeah, yeah, a small blip, but they were uh, added with good value for yesterday. I don't think the same half made any difference. To be honest, the tide had turned at that stage, and they were going to win by seven or eight either way. It just it just added a few points to the winning margin. I think, Joe. That's it. Listen, we're going to look back at the weekend's games. First of all, at the start of our podcast and the start of the year, you did tip Galway to win the All-Ireland. Then last week, you kind of gave a hesitant nod to Cork. Galway defeated them, so we're going to have new All-Ireland champions. We'll start, obviously, with the tip Kilkenny game. Yeah, I suppose, like, 
we were out in the field early on. It was myself, uh, Fiona, and Rebecca were working at the at the game, so we were doing a bit of stuff down the pitch, and we just couldn't get over how fit Kenny looked. He just looked so lean, um, and was, so we were just waiting for it to look. So obviously, fitness is going to be a big thing here for them. It turned out to be that way. They, they ran out over tip in the second half, but just noticeably leaner and fitter and there's a few additions to their backroom team as well like Mickey McCullough who'd be well known in hurling circles and stuff like that so he was doing the stats from and uh, yeah it looks like they've left no stone unturned at all I suppose Tip got off to a great start a uh, little bit of a fortuitous goal Emma Cavanagh won't be too happy with it a long free for me from McGrath and we commented before the game that Tip needed a start like they had to get off to the start but um yeah, the, the kind of the feeling at the end, it was a combination of Tip being poor tactically and Kikini just being really, really, really good. Um, to be fair, um, I suppose we spoke the last day after the after the Tip Limerick match. Yeah. In the first half of that game, Limerick half forwards had played out very deep into the middle third, um, and I even mentioned to Neve Lillis in the interview actually, see online there that. That had caused them problems in the first half, but they addressed it at half time, didn't follow the players out. Quiva McGrath, Karen Kennedy were in constant communication, they kept their half back line there. Um, but just in the second half against Kikini, they just, Kikini half forward line pulled out. Katie Power got on a heap of ball around the middle of the field, ran all over him, was the architect of everything. Um, so it's just, it's just baffling as to why they didn't implement the same defensive structure that they did in the second half against Limerick. They completely backfired. Because they're playing no disrespect to Limerick, you're playing a higher opposition, so you would really want to uh, protect yourselves. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, you'd be more inclined to do it. Yeah, against yeah. If I go out against Kikini in the morning, I wouldn't leave that my centre back anywhere past yeah. forty-five. So we keep, we keep our bank of six, and we yeah. try and keep them out. But no, Katie Power ran right. Denise Gall hit five points, and she won't take any offence to this. But four of them were the handiest points she'll ever get. It looked like she's on her own for the whole of the second half. Uh, no, she still had to throw him over the bar, but we just couldn't believe it how, how much space she got in the game, you know. But um, look, that's not to take away from Kilkenny's performance yeah. either. Like their forwards are absolutely frightening. Like every single one of them. Um, Michelle Quilty hit one eight or one nine. Uh, Denise Scott hit five or six points. Miriam Walsh was dangerous. Uh, Anna Farrell was strong. Katie Power made so many scores. Like the work she did off the ball was phenomenal. And Ann Dalton. What can you say phenomenal. about her? Yeah, she's my new hero. We interviewed her after the game. She was so, such a nice person to deal with. Mm. Did a crack with her off camera. I don't think she realises how talented she is, does she? She seems so yeah. unassuming. Yeah, very much unassuming. I, I feel she's a bit of a character. I think on camera she is. But come here, maybe she's a bit of an Ashley Maloney because Ashley Maloney is that. Yeah. She kind of takes everything in her stride and she's a fantastic yeah. footballer. So maybe that's kind of what Anne does kind of away from, from the, the limelight. Yeah, so. exactly. But uh, her goal was just phenomenal. Like most people would have pulled on it. But to just even have the quickness of thought to flick it up and tip it in over the keeper was just, was just cast, you know. So, look, they have a serious, serious team and, uh, they're going to take some stopping. They look like they've timed their, timed their run just right, you know. And, uh, I was joking with Anne after that, uh, that she, that she'd like another shot at Potty, but I suppose that didn't turn out that way. Um, I suppose, like, in defeat, Quiva Burke was excellent again. For me, she has been the all-star goalkeeper this year. Though Sarah Healy was unreal for Galway as well. Uh, two young goalkeepers really up and coming um, it'll be definitely a toss up between the two of them for, for the All-Star um, I know that Fiona and Rebecca were commenting that Orlo Dwyer's overall work rate was just phenomenal we'd love to see the GPS stats she covered an absolute amount of ground and again caught the van 
uh, led the line up front. Um, Irish McDonald was very good again. She got no goal this time. She's been on a bit of a goal streak, but three points in play. Uh, Karen Kennedy with a great goal at the end as well. But I think, despite the narrative coming out of the tip camp that they were happy that they finished strong and stuff like that, in reality, this game was over with 20 minutes to go, and look, they're not going to be happy with that performance. I think. I know Cod spoke about uh, there being no room for moral victories in the Tipperary camp and look the most you're most you're getting out of that game there was a moral victory and I don't think it even was to be honest. It was uh, it was a pretty poor day out for him, you know. A lot of people I know actually watched the games and we'll talk about the the Cork Galway game. We'll get you to analyse it in a few minutes. But one thing that came up a lot of time and a lot of conversation and even my dad came in, he was listening on the radio to the game, the refereeing. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we did we did speak about it in the preview for the game, um, and it's just it was a bit unusual. Like in fairness to Liz, no worries. Like that game, she could have blown a free every ten seconds. Mm. Both teams just went at it. It was a very very physical game. I said the last day that Watford um, had brought a level of physicality against Colwood that I hadn't seen before. We both teams brought it on Saturday, and I think in fairness to Liz, she did her best to try and let it go. Um, but there was just a little the inconsistency maybe was what was annoying people and Galway benefited from it in the end because Neve Hennessy for the point to put them two up um, absolutely ran through Laura Tracy I think it was is it Laura Tracy or Leanna Sullivan just ran through him and put him flat in her arse and stuck it over the bar that's a free in Camogie all day every day uh, it's nearly a free in Hurland um, and they got away with it but up to that before that uh, Liz had given frees for, for much softer things and Look, it was just a little bit of inconsistency, but I do feel sorry for her because it was a really tough game to referee. Um, and I think ultimately, I suppose, what you want out of the ref is to go unnoticed. And if they can't go unnoticed, what you want is that they haven't influenced the outcome of the game. And I think ultimately the better team won anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think they got away with it in this, uh, in this instance, you know. But, um, yeah, just a little bit more consistency. And I suppose we'd praise the referees the last yeah. they'd let it go a bit. But in fairness to Liz, if she'd let that go... Could have been warded, like it was just both teams were going at it, and you know, <laughs> she had to blow some some few frees for it, like so. We did mention that it was basically two powerhouses colliding, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, it may be a shock for some people, you know, to see the All Ireland champions out of there, but it's not really a shock to you because you had said about Galway, you were just worried about how Galway had performed in the lead up, especially against Waterford. And, you know, if they'd done the same, maybe they probably learned so much from that Waterford win, did they? They certainly did learn from the Waterford game. Uh, it was a common theme in the interviews with the players after the games. Again, you can see, see them online on sports.ie, but uh, Cahill referenced it in his interviews as well. Like Waterford showed them the level that they needed to go to to compete yes. at. And we had spoken about it in the podcast here the last day as well that the last few times that Galway have not topped their group, they've got a handy quarter final against the team who'd finished third in the opposite group. And yeah. We're very much undercooked coming in. Waterford did them a, a huge service by, by, by bringing the intensity and the, the level of aggression that they did and it really sharpened them up. But we also spoke in the podcast the last day that, so we weren't, we weren't writing off Galway. No, no, you, you gave a hesitant, you gave a hesitant, uh, vote to Cork because you just felt, you know, that maybe they were at the right time and, and how, yeah. you know, their athleticism, we mentioned with Kilkenny about their athleticism yeah. and how fit they were. No, exactly, but even for Waterford, like, you know, we didn't, we didn't dismiss that Waterford performance, oh, yeah. you know, and I know Cahill refer, referred to it in Galway. I suppose Galway are kind of traditionalists in Camogie and I suppose the mm. Galway Camogie public wouldn't rate Waterford because they only knew in senior or whatever. 
But in the podcast the last day, we said that the Donal and, and the lads went up to win that game, and they they really went at it. And they're the up and coming side. They they could nearly claim the fourth the fourth place in the, in the rankings. You know, when they're looking at the power rankings at the end of the season. So like that was actually a really good win for Galway, and they, they managed to put one ten without replying on that water team, which is which is an insight into what they're capable of. But um, they definitely had their homework done on Galway. Like I don't know if you're familiar with Limerick's setup for the puckouts in Hurland. They set up all their forwards in a straight line and and try and break to the wings into the space. Cork were doing that as well, but Galway were very very clever. Lorraine Ryan and Tara Kenny just stayed in their positions and blocked off the blocked off the space that Ethan Murray wanted to puck the ball into and three, four, five times in the first half they, they turned over the Cork puck out and, and, and forced the mistake and like it looked like Cork had no plan B. Yes. Um you know, maybe they haven't needed it over the years. They haven't needed the plan B. The plan A has been fairly successful for them to be fair. Very true. Enough. Um but it just looked like they had no answer. They didn't really have the subs to go to on the bench either. Um, and you know we were talking about it in the in the commentary box after for all our talk about Ashley Thompson being named on programs throughout the year she wasn't on the program on Saturday and that game would have been made for her the physicality the, the yeah. occasion Thompson has always produced when the games have been physical and on the biggest stage and they would have suited her um, on Saturday but look you know, she wasn't there and they had to play what they had and ultimately it just wasn't good enough this time round, you know. Maybe Paddy didn't realise what Carl was going to do and obviously the puck outs were going to be a, a thing that they were going to uh, put pressure on. Yeah, like, you know, I suppose we, we have a phrase we use in our team, you hammer the hammer, you know, and mm. the Murray is, uh, is, has been such a stalwart for yeah. uh, for Cork um, and fair play to Carl, you know, they, they targeted her and went after her and to, to great success, you know. Um but that said, like, again, we were talking the game after and we had a great interview with Sarah Durbin. I don't think Tom has it up online yet. She's very emotional after the game, but the narrative from herself, from Ailish O'Reilly, from Kerry Dolan, like that Galway team gets an awful lot of stick um, in Galway for, you know, they've been labelled as bottlers within their own county and like if there was ever a time when a team was going to crumble, it was in those last couple of minutes there when Cork were running all over them and they stood up to everything Cork had so while there's no trophy on the table yet, just to wait a few weeks to try and do that, I think they've certainly answered any critics they have out there anyway with regards to their character. There, there can be no question of the character of that team, though. The thing about it is as well, um, when you look at Galway, what they already have on the shelf is the National League title. Yeah, exactly. And they've only lost one game all year. Mm. And uh, funnily enough, it was to Kilkenny uh, in the first round. In the groups, yeah. And Roy, so. But look, they have the experience of going to Crow Park um, and winning. Which, which is a big thing. Uh, it's a horrible place to lose. Yeah. Great place to win, but um, but that sort of the Kikini team, like that Kikini team, a lot of them played in 2016 as well when they last won the All Ireland, and Anne has been there as a player and a manager. So look, I, I think you could play it outside in the in the training field in in uh, Callan, and it wouldn't make any difference. This is going to be one hell of a game, and it's very very hard to call. You know, very very hard to call. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely the final the neutrals wanted anyway. How did you find having the game in LIT no, no, Gaelic I, grounds or no, I, having a double header? Fantastic idea as well. I'm refusing to. I don't care whether uh, we get a letter complaint from LIT or not. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, how do both teams? Fi- how do how do both teams it's find nice, playing it's it? Nice to, it's nice to have their name on the Gaelic grounds, though, because it means they might get to see the odd trophy there uh, associated with their name. There won't be any going out to Moylish anyway. That's amazing. Um, no, look. In fairness, the grounds is in great nick, right? We met Paul Foley. Um, who looks after the road and Donald Hayes um, 
and like they looked after everyone brilliantly. Press box is fully stocked, full, great food, pictures in superb condition. Look, it was everything you wanted. Uh, you four decent sized dressing rooms there as well, which is important for the for the visiting teams. Um, yeah, look, it was a great venue, and I think one interesting thing actually was RTE actually set their cameras up in the open. Far sight, yeah. Which they don't usually do, and it gave a far better picture on the television. As it well. did, so yeah. That's a learning point for them for the future for uh, for the games as well, you know. So, um, no, look, I think we've been critical in the past, but RTE's coverage has been excellent. And I think going away from the likes of Sarah Farrell and these guys um, and going to the likes of Kay Kelly and um, and they had uh, Conley on the radio, I think, and they had Deirdre Murphy on as well. They're like really knowledgeable, camogie people. Um, John Marie Crowby involved there presenting as well, and the band of Quillen, and they know the game inside out. And look, it's better, you know, <laughs> it's better than having Cyril just going, you know, like I think on the Sunday game there a few weeks ago, Cyril was talking about the top teams, and he mentioned Wexford. Like so, that shows uh, how out of touch he is with the with the camogie. You know, I'm time for Cyril from the hurling point of view, but look, maybe leave the camogie to the people who actually know what they're talking about, I suppose. And in fairness to RTE, they have done that and their coverage has been excellent. So, um, yeah, they've really, they've really stepped it up. So looking forward to the final out. We won't talk about yeah. the shenanigans in the press box and, you know, the crack you were having in there. We, we'll yeah, keep that quiet. What goes, funny, uh, what goes on in the press box stays in the press box. Is that it? I'd say Cleena Foley is beyond to the journalist union. I'd say, I don't know. I think, uh, she hasn't a clue how sports talk managed to get such a bunch of latch goals into the, into the, into the press box. We've got plenty of noise anyway, but. No, in fairness, no to, to Fiona and Rebecca. They know the game absolutely backwards. They were they had all the tactics nailed before the game started. They were they were calling all the substitutions before they came on. So, and they were very knowledgeable. I think that came across in the coverage that we have online as well in the review of the game and stuff like that. So, uh, Tom has promised to keep the, the three of us together for the final. So you'll have to, I suppose, have show a bit more etiquette in the press box in Cove Park, maybe. But, Professionalism. Uh, oh yes, you have to be worried yeah. like that. Um, yeah. As well as the two senior semi-finals at the weekend, we also had the two intermediate semi-finals. Well done, Bula yeah. Bus. You got the Westmead game right. Uh, Westmead yeah. defeated down and Galway defeated Tipperary. Galway were able to go as well. Um, they had uh, two games on on Saturday, but for Cahal it was grand because it wasn't too far away from to travel to the Gaelic grounds. So we obviously start off with the Galway game. Yeah, look, fair play to Cahal. Um, he's joined a select band of managers now who have taken uh, who have taken the two teams to Crow Park mm. on the same day. 2013, Tony Ward won the two of them. Uh, Paddy won the two of them last year. Um, I know the Kilkenny lads failed in 2014. We beat them in the intermediate final and they lost the senior final after as well. It just escapes me you know who the two boys over them were. Um, but Paddy and Tony Ward have done it. Um, and yeah. You hope Cahill does it with one team. Yeah, look, he might he might do it. Like you know, mm. like it's a very very strong um, Galway intermediate team. I was looking at it there. Uh, like Kira Murphy's sister Neve would have been very close to making our Ashburn team in UL, and mm. she's, she's not making the Galway intermediate team, which shows the strength and depth that they have there. Um, they have the likes of Kate Screen and these kind of players as well that have been kind of knocking around the scene um, in UL and around the Ashburn as well. So they're quite strong, but. Like in the past, generally speaking, the first team when a first team has played a second team in the intermediate final, it's nearly always the first team that w- that wins it. You know, it's very very difficult for a second team to to come out on top against the first team. But um, Westmead have been ticking along nicely all year. They were very unlucky not to make the Division Two League final. Um, 
and like they've they've a very good mix of youth and experience there. Um, and you know, I, I kind of fancy them maybe to, to edge it. You know, you wouldn't back against Johnny. They, they, that group has been in Croke Park two years ago, um, winning the junior, um, and it'd be some achievement for them if if they could take them from uh, from junior to, to senior in three seasons. It would be unbelievable, you know. What can you say about um, poor Owl Down? They were beaten in the final last year and uh, yeah. beaten in the semi-final on Saturday. Yeah, it's tough for them. You know, they're picking from a small pool yeah. of players there. and The Carr sisters and a, few, and a few more of them, Neve Mallon. Uh, Neve Mallon brings a funny story, actually. One year we went up to the to the Portugal Cup with Mary Eye, um, and it was, I think it was around 2014 or 15, and the Camogie coverage on social media wouldn't have been great. And, Everyone was talking about this one. Karen Keel from Derry was the main one for for Jordanstown. Karen Keel, Karen Keel, Karen Keel. So we double marked her and Sir Neve Mallon cut loose and scored about 2.17. And we only won by a point. <laughs> we always laugh about it after. Like, yeah, that was the day our video analysis, uh, we knew our video analysis and research that the teams had to go up, uh, go up a couple of levels. But yeah, look, you feel sorry for them. Um, in a way, it's kind of a shame that, that second teams are allowed into the intermediate, I suppose, you know, like it'd be great if it was a down West Mead final, final or, yeah. or that you know and that, that they got their day in the sun as well but I suppose that's the structure of the competition the ladies football is a little bit different but um, look that's not taken away from Galway either like you know I suppose they have a huge pool of players and their players deserve a shot at uh, deserve a shot at Club Park as well you know What can you say about uh, West Mead? Yeah like it's been a, it's been a massive achievement I mean like Pamela Greville is one of the one of the best players in the country, Joe. They have the Scallies there as well, and they have a young side. I called it back in in December. I was up watching them playing UCD um, in a challenge match above a very cold night in Belfield. And I remember saying to Johnny afterwards, like Johnny, I've been involved in two teams that have won the intermediate All Ireland, and neither of them was as good as that group that you have there, and without question. Draw um, just a serious, serious side. They're well coached. They're really fit. They use the ball well. They're tactically very sharp, um, and like it'll take all Galway have to beat them. You know they're they're a really really good side. Um, Galway came through a tough tough semi final on the other side. They finished with a late scoring flurry to beat uh, Tipperary. I felt really sorry for Neve Lillis. She put a brave face on it in the dressing room under the stand afterwards when we were interviewing her. Cahill was on one side having won two semi finals. Neve was on the other side having lost two. Genuinely felt sorry for her. She's a real camogie person, a real hurling person as well from Drummond Inch. Um, and she did predict Tip to win uh, in the hurling on, on camera afterwards. But yeah, it's a tough day at the office for them. But look, you're going to have a really good intermediate final and a really good senior final um, in Coke Park. And also um, looking, forward to, looking forward to the day now. Yeah, we are too. I suppose for Westmead as well, you know, winning the junior a couple of years ago. And it would be great for them kind of to add the intermediate to it. Yeah, look, it's very difficult to to go from uh, go from junior Step to, up, to, yeah. to senior in such a short time. Um, I know Down won the junior and got to the intermediate final. I think Kildare won the junior and got to the intermediate final. I think the last team who've gone up through the grade that quickly would have been Offaly. Uh, I think won the junior and intermediate quite in quickly in succession, mm. um, and went up and went up through the grades. Um, like it's very very difficult to do but they have a really good bunch and I suppose you're going to start they have a really good young team as well so you're going to start seeing more and more of the Westmead players popping up in Ashburn teams and stuff like that so a few came with UCD this year I think because a couple of them are supposed to be trying to come into UL as well um, so we'd, we'd welcome them with open arms as well but um, 
yeah, look, it's, it just goes to show, but I suppose the, the, there is a, a strong hurling pocket in Westmead. And, yeah. Um, like, I suppose Pamela's obviously playing on the on the Camogie team, but she had three brothers playing on the hurling team as well. So there is, and there's a lot of cousins and, and, and stuff like that as well. So there's a, there's a good family connection there um, across the two teams as well. So they're all kind of coming from the same pocket of the counties, you know? Right, have you a player of the week? Player of the week is a tough one, I suppose. Um, I didn't get to see enough of the intermediate games to, mm. to really include them, so apologies for that. But um, there was a couple of real standout performers on on the on in the four senior teams. We had a massive argument over who should get player of the match in the Kilkenny Tip <laughs> game. Um, I think on the television they went for Michelle Quilty, and you can't argue with that. I mean, she scored one eight, so they were perfectly tight to give it to her. And she's an incredible player, a very humble person as well. Uh, Denise Gall had five points in play in an Ireland semi final, so you could have argued that it was her as well. Um, and Dalton, two moments of magic. But for me, the, the player of the game in that Kikini game was Katie Power. I don't know if it was obvious on television, but she just kept dropping back into the middle of the field, picking ball, and every time she ran a Tipperary, she just opened them up. Uh, really unselfish as well, laying off the ball, making the right decisions all the time. Just the player you'd want on any team, you know. So. I'm going to go for the performance of the week from each team because it's fair. So, Katie Power for me for Kilkenny. Um, on the Tipperary side, Cueva Burke um, was really, really strong. Uh, made one excellent save in the first half, diving save. Um, I think it did result in and Dalton's goal afterwards, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen it back. Uh, Karen Kennedy tried to hold the line well, battled, battled well, had a great goal at the end. Uh, Eilish McDonald hit three points. Uh, but the general consensus amongst the three of us in the press box was that Orlo Dwyer was absolutely outstanding um, for Tipperary uh, showing all the athletic ability that has her uh, going to Australia yeah. up and down the field constant going never gave up um, just real leader you know so Orlo Dwyer from Tip um, on the Cork side uh, it, was, it was a tough one to pick because I suppose they, they, they battled as a unit so much they didn't have too many absolute standout performers um, probably the the one who who stood out the most was Amy O'Connor. It, when it looked like the, they were going to come back into the game, it was Amy that was at the centre of everything that they did. Um, and there was a really nice photo of her on Twitter there, going, doing the rounds. Uh, Michelle Gould had up for down junior training on on Sunday morning. So it just goes to show the kind of character she is as well. There's no airs and graces um, on that team. I think Jim O'Connor stayed out in the field for a long time after as well, signing autographs and stuff like that. So. So they're a real credit to themselves. They've been great champions. I suppose it just it came up short on uh, on Saturday, but um, yeah, Amy O'Connor for for me was the, was the standout player in the Cork team. And then on the Galway team, you, you could take your pick. You know, um, like Ailish O'Reilly, uh, Neve Hannafy got some some really good scores up front and, and worked hard. Uh, Carrie Dolan hit a lot of her frees again. Eva Dunahoo did her job in the middle. Katrina Cormican. Uh, Sean Healy, Sarah Durbin, Heather Cooney is probably the best full back line in Camogie. Sarah Healy was excellent in goals. Um, but just again, the press box, a lot of the work she did off the, off the, off camera maybe, tracking and getting on loose ball and linking play. We thought Neil Kilkenny, um, was absolutely outstanding, um, for Galway. But, like, that's some back, back three that they have there. Sean Healy, Sarah Durbin, Heather Cooney. Um, it's an incredible back line and like when you think that what they're going up against Michelle Quilty, Miriam Walsh and Denise Gall in the all Ireland final geez, I really hope they, uh, they give the they give the Antrim lads uh, the match the fellow who left the goal and Elliot uh, in Thurless there last day because there'll be absolutely sparks flying in the those six there to go head to head above and Croker so yeah they're the four they're the four players we picked out I suppose maybe next week we'll have a look at an all-star team I think it's going to be uh 
never going to be harder for the All Star select to pick a team. It's just I think the standards in in the championship this year has been higher than it's ever been. Uh, the skill level, just the the, the 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 level of coaching that's evident on these teams at the moment. Like it was a, a great tactical battle on on Saturday as well between Cork and Galway. And, yes, the All Star selectors are going to have to have to really think of who they're going to bring on that plane to New York. You know. Thanks, Sully, for that. It's amazing to think, you know, the coverage now of the games and more people are getting interested in the game of Camogie. Yeah, and as you said, I you know... Actually, uh, I was actually I was a bit nervous doing this one more so than not because until Saturday, I had just presumed that uh, it was basically just Tom that used to listen to it. <laughs> and it was myself and yourself having a chat, but... So you'll see Marie Crow tweeting there that she's listening on the way down to the Gaelic Crowns and uh, Fiona and Rebecca were saying that a lot of the players would be listening to it as well. So I was half nervous to say that out of the way here now today because uh, it was kind of... Sorry, was, uh, you worrying about saying something out of the way? <laughs> Never. Ah, uh, yeah. Sensitive soul, do you know yourself? Well, listen, anyone that can wear them glasses, anyone that can wear them glasses and think they look intelligent, you know, go on. Ah, sure. I got a bit of stick over the red shoes, all right, but... I'm, I was only want to mention uh, the glasses. I didn't want to mention the shoes. <laughs> Mark, you know, rocked up in the AJ1s and uh, in Croker for the, for the final. We'll, see. we'll, have, a, we'll have a bet to see. What as long as you stay away from the sunbeds. Yeah, and Dalton owes me a tenner as well. She predicted that Cork would win on, uh, on Saturday. So um, I'll be collecting that. And if you're listening there, you can have it in an envelope under the, under the stand. We'll see you there after the game. You're some <laughs> chancer, aren't you? <laughs> absolutely absolutely listen Sully thanks once again and we've chatting to you again next week so until then Slonga Fall